are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Brewers, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, where we talk about your favorite teams every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also joining me is my co-host, Vinny Rotino. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Rotino. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers and subscribe to the Lockdown Brewers podcast wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, we're going to be recapping the weekend uh, series against the Reds. Bit of a, a downer there. Um, and got a lot of a lot of things I want to talk about from that series. Just kind of eye-opening with where the Brewers are going into the break, where they need to work on coming out of the break. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the draft. Um, hopefully, if uh, the downer of a weekend with the Brewers on the field, hopefully you're excited about the draft. I like their, their first pick. Uh, I'm very familiar with him, so we'll talk about him later in the podcast, hoping the Brewers make another pick here while we're recording. Before we get into all of that, let me remind you about our Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. A Lockdown MLB Prospects hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Arama Layton is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Lockdown MLB Prospects for the on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your prospects, wherever you get your pos- podcast. And I'm sure he's going to be talking a a lot about the draft in the next couple of days. So make sure that you check that out. Uh, And Benny, before we get into the weekend series with the Reds, I did want to mention that Omar Narvaez and Freddy Peralta both were added to the all-star team. Narvaez replacing Yadier Molina and Peralta replacing his teammate Brandon Woodruff, who pitched on Sunday. And that ties a franchise record with five all-stars for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Vinny, I mean, how excited are you? I was very excited to see Narvaez and Peralta get in. I thought they were both very deserving. Yeah, both both those guys got uh, uh, snubbed is the is the wrong term, likely just because it is um, you know there there's requirements in place, right? Every team has to send somebody, and then there's player vote. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Freddie Peralta has like a point eight with or something insane which is close to a major league record if he if that holds right so i mean i know that whips all around the league and pitching has just been dominating this year all around the league but um he's been a top five pitcher in the league i mean he's a top yeah. top armor so i mean he deserved it all the way through uh, i'm really excited that he got in <clears throat> and then narvaez is <clears throat> i want to say like he's like second in terms of war for catchers in the league. So, I mean, he's very deserving as well. I mean, the guy's been the most consistent offensive player. Look, I didn't see this coming from Omar Narvaez. Certainly didn't see it coming in terms of his ability to lead a staff either. And he's done, he's just been phenomenal on both sides of the ball. And uh, it, he's, it's, I, I'm excited to see both those guys and I'm excited to see both of them take such huge steps in terms of performance this year. Yeah, certainly great honor for them. Really excited for both of them. Like I said, I thought they were very deserving to get in even before this. So glad to see that they're getting the recognition they deserve for the great seasons they're having. Um, and then on the injury front, Colton Wong was out running the bases on Sunday. He's expected to be back the first game or two after the break. So that is certainly welcome news. And Lorenzo Cain's currently out on a rehab assignment with Nashville. Uh, hopefully he'll be back 
here in the next couple of weeks as well. Well, let's jump into this series uh, with the Reds before we get into the draft stuff. Uh, very big series for the Reds and started out great, had the win on Thursday to kick off the series. Uh, Brewers had a very good opportunity to split, which is really all they needed to do, uh, but weren't able to scratch across another win the rest of the series. And uh, very unfortunate, some very painful games, uh, some painful losses. It seems like all the Brewers' losses are that way because they're all such low-scoring, uh, tight games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you lose two to nothing on Friday, four to three on Saturday, three to one on Sunday. Uh, those are really, really tough games. And Vinny, it, it keeps the Reds hopes alive. Like I said, if you just split that series with them, then, you know, they kind of go into the all-star break feeling like they have lost the series and kind of wondering what they're going to do coming up with the trade deadline. But now that they've won the series and you got three more, uh, with the with the Brewers coming up, a chance to get into that lead anymore. Uh, I think the one thing this series did is that it, it kept the Reds' hope alive in the division. Exactly right. Um, you know, after the first game of the series, look, the, first of all, the Brewers have been playing close games and coming from behind all season long. And so, like, you never feel like they're out of a game. So when they won that first game of the series and they extended the lead to seven games, you're thinking to yourself, okay, they're just going to sweep the Reds here at home to, to cap off the first half. And then they're going to jump out to a 10 game lead uh, going into the second half. And clearly that's why you play every single game. I'm not saying the, certainly the Brewers weren't taking anything for granted. This series, the Reds are a really formidable competitor. They're a really good team. Um, and they just beat the Brewers. Um, the Brewers couldn't scrape any runs across. They didn't take advantage of the bullpen. Um, of the Reds. Reds had really good starting pitching from Luis Castillo and Wade Miley, like phenomenal pitching from both of those guys. Um, well, phenomenal from Wade Miley, a pretty good performance from Castillo. Guys, 97-98 with a good changeup and a, and a, and a good slider. So, um, and the Reds have a lineup. And Castellanos is us. I mean, he might win the MVP um, if he keeps us up. So, um, at the end of the day, they got beat and it's turning out to be like a two horse race in the central. Don't think the Cubs are going to make a move, you know, moves enough to come back. And I, I'm not a Cardinal believer with all their injuries and their starting rotation. So two horse race, these are the best two teams in the central for me. Um, gotta, gotta find a way to, to win at least two of the three coming back here after the break. Yeah, for sure. The red, the red scare me. Um, they didn't really come in into the year because I, you know, I thought they and the Cubs both would be sellers at this point. And I think maybe the Cubs will be, but uh, the Reds now, if they just make a couple of moves in the bullpen, I mean, they have the starting rotation. You say you got Castillo, you got Gray, you got Gutierrez, who's looked good. Um, Maley, uh, I mean, and Miley as well. I mean, that's, that's a pretty deep rotation right there. And you know what their offense has done. So, the Reds are a serious threat, and that's why, you know, losing this series uh, is kind of big because you had a chance to kind of step on their neck or at, le at the very least just keep them uh, steady where they are. But now you, you've kind of given them life. Uh, like I said, they're, they're a very scary team, very formidable opponent in the Central. So I think the Brewers um, have a battle on their hand going into the second half of the season now. Um, 
and the other thing from this series was was Josh Hader's struggles. And um, you know, look, he's been absolutely dominant all season long. But this past week here was a rough one for him. You had the game in uh, against the Mets where he gave up the home run to Jose Peraza uh, to blow the save there. He took two losses in this series against the Reds. Um, I mean, Vinny, I'm not, you know, obviously not saying Josh Hader's lost anything, but uh, just a rough week for the Brewers closer, who's been so great all year long. I'm not worried about Josh Hader, but yeah, I, I kind of in the same sentiment as you, you know, we're not, no one's worried about Josh Hader. The stuff is still there. The deception's still there. The command is still there. He's still commanding three pitches, three plus pitches. He's commanding an elite fastball. So I mean, there's his slider and changeup are plus. And then there is, you know, double plus, triple plus, you know, it's an elite pitch as fastball, obviously, with deception. So nobody's worried about him. Nick Castellanos got him, base it up the middle. Uh, and after a really good at bat and a walk, drawn from Jonathan India. So, um, and then kind of a misplayed ball miscatch from uh, Avisil Garcia. So, I mean, it could have turned out differently for sure for Josh Hader. The, the Castellanos a bat, look, the dude is is in the four percentile for chase rate, yet he still has like a 980 OPS. So that means he hits bad pitches. So it's not a great matchup actually for Josh Hader and he, and he hits fastballs as well. There's nowhere to put him at that point in the game. So you had to kind of pitch to him relatively close to the strike zone and he got and he barreled up a ball and scored two runs, like kind of like a perfect storm there of things that happened. I don't think anyone's worried about Hader. Unfortunate how it turned out last couple of games. And then, you know, obviously the night before Suarez put an unbelievable swing on a great, I mean, the pitch was not a good pitch, but, um, but it was still like his elite fastball and Suarez like absolutely tattooed it. Very fluky stuff. Like doesn't happen, you know, against Josh Hader. So no one's worried, um, but definitely needed to be talked about. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, just wanted to, to mention it. Like he said, not worried about it. Hopefully he's gotten it all out of the system here in a, in a, a close stretch of games. Just bizarre that it all happened pretty much in a week span. Uh, with him giving up runs like that because we're just <laughs> not accustomed to seeing that from him. So I uh, look for him to come back. The, the one thing, you know, they talked about after the game because I think he did pitch in like four of the last five games. As Council said, it'll be up to him whether or not he wants to pitch in the All-Star game since he's been used so much lately. Um, still wouldn't surprise me if he does. I mean, that's still, uh, you know, at, at least a day off there. Um, but we'll see. That could affect whether or not we get to see Hater in the All-Star game. Uh, and then question for you, uh, Vinny, and, you know, give us the honest answer here. Did Yelich make a move towards second base? Look, I've seen that call called either way. <clears throat> I think probably could err on the side of no, he didn't. Okay, I saw a little flinch. Everyone saw the little flinch. It's an interpretation of the rule, I think. Did he make an attempt to go to second base? To me, no. I mean, he flinched and he stopped. Um, I didn't see any kind of shoulder turn again, though. It, it wasn't obvious that he was staying either though. So I could see why the umpire wanted to bring him up there. However, this is what I'll say. The umpire did not have to make such an aggressive out call. Okay. <laughs> that to me means he was looking he was to, like, yeah, exactly. He was looking to make a, a mark on the game. And that's just, that's what can't happen 
if that's what he's thinking. And again, I can't speculate or I can't for sure know what he was thinking, but I can speculate in the way that he made that alcohol. I can speculate for the fact that he was trying to make his mark on the game. Usually what happens in those situations is an umpire courteously kind of just raises up his hand, makes a fist and says, Christian had you go on your out, buddy. Something, you know, he wouldn't call him buddy, but yeah. that's, his, that's exact. I've seen it happen a million times in terms of like, out, you know, it, not that play, but I'm saying like an umpire will give you a courtesy, like out, like mm-hmm. real s- slowly, gingerly, just raise his fist and say, had you go in there, Christian? And then that's it. But he went, ah, you're out. And it's right. like, dude, chill out. Like, that's where I think it got Christian kind of fired up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's and I got fired up because he did that as well. So that's my take yeah. on it. Yeah, I mean, the umpiring crew that day was just absolutely terrible. And, you know, you could dispute that call with the LH all day long. He did, you know, start to make a little bit of a move, but – I don't think it was really enough to to call anything, but he did. And, and that's fine. Like you said, that's a judgment call, but the umpiring crew just in general, that day was terrible. Some of the, the ball strike calls were absolutely atrocious. I know there's a lot of barking from the brewers dugout, but rough day there uh, for the umpires, rough day for the brewers. And I, I just, I think you saw some just frustration from Yelich come out. I think it had more to, you know, more beyond that call. Uh, I think Yelich feels like he's not, doing enough right now even though you know his on-base number uh, on-base percentage numbers are good his OPS numbers are good but you know not hitting for average not hitting for a lot of power I feel like Yelich almost is frustrated feels like he's not doing enough to help this team even though with how good they are you kind of sense that too Vinny I do just the way he carries himself doesn't look like he's having as much fun obviously you know hits home runs doubles triples that does make baseball more fun, you know, making right turns towards the dugout makes baseball a grind and not as fun. So that's what he's experiencing right now. It's snowball. It's snowballing on him. Don't know what the answer is. Just going to, you know, maybe after the all-star breaks, things will start to click for him. Um, we're all rooting for him. I mean, obviously the team needs him to do so. He's not getting pitched to. I will say that like he's not getting anything to hit at the same time he was getting pitched to very similarly in the last in 18 and 19 he'd get one pitch to hit and hit it out so it's hard it's difficult right especially coming off of the year that he came off of rhythm and timing doesn't seem didn't seem like it was great that last or last year and it's carrying over a little bit to this year matter of finding that rhythm and timing but then now it's hard to find that rhythm and timing when you're literally not getting anything to hit. So yeah. um, that's that's my take on Christian. Tough, tough to watch as a fan, obviously, uh, but chances do say that he'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. I think you know he's probably looking forward to the break more than anyone. Um, like I said, just kind of reset, get another start because he was looking for a reset into this year anyway, and then came out of the gates hot and then had the injury, and it just seems like he never really could get rolling uh, after that. So maybe this will be another reset for him. Have a big second half. Certainly hoping that's the case. Um, but that, that's pretty much all that I want to talk about from the red series. I do want to come back and just touch on the offense a little bit uh, before we get into the draft. Before we do that, let me tell you about betonline.ag. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And you got the NBA finals going on right now. Obviously major league baseball with the all-star game that's a lot of stuff going on there 
Uh, but betonline.ag does it more than that. They also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag on your inter- phone or internet browser today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So Vinny, I, I wanted to touch on the offense a little bit, and we've—I mean, we've—we we've talked about the offense a lot in the first half of the season. It's by far the the weakest point of this team. Um, but this last week has been a, a real rough stretch. Um, Twenty-one runs in their last eight games—that's two point six runs a game. Um, obviously, have gone two and six over that stretch. You've talked about it a lot, Vinny. The fact that you know when this team scores four more runs that's typically a win but um, offense hasn't even been able to really do that of late and it's obviously led to some losses so you know going into the break I think offense remains the biggest concern for this team going forward I mean without a doubt I mean the bullpen seems to be solidifying the, the starting pitching obviously has been there the entire year their defense is playing solid their offense is definitely the question mark um they showed signs of life, obviously, for you know a couple weeks. I, I'll say this: like the offense, even in the, even in the Mets series, they showed up, you know, with some quality at bats, and they they threatened to score. Seems to be like they they didn't really uh, come up with you know a ton of big hits, um, and and that showed itself again in this series. They left a ton of runners on base all four games. Um, obviously in the first game, they got the five runs, but, you know, consistently getting, you know, the big hit, you know, every team I think is struggling with that. seems the Brewers may be struggling a little bit more, but look at the end of the day, there's, they're, um, they're actually like 18th and runs scored at this point. So they, they scored a ton of runs lately because they were, you know, much lower than that, um, before that nice little stretch there with the, with the bat. So yeah, they got to score. They have to get more consistent somehow because if they do, they're going to, they're going to, you know, they have a chance to just, you know, win a hundred games just because the starting pitching is that good. So, um, so we'll see if that happens. Um, I just think they, they may be just kind of, you know, struggling a little bit from, t- from time to time all year long. I think we're going to see that and just, I just think that's what it's going to be unless they make a big splash at the trade deadline. I just think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was going with it. I I think, you know, as we, you know, come out of the break and get closer to the trade deadline, I think, you know, that's where they've got to try to, to help out this team a little bit and and see if they can't get another bat or two, uh, a big bat, you know, in the middle of the lineup uh, to try to come up with some of those big hits because, I mean, they out hit the Reds in the first three games of that series. But like you said, they're for whatever reason not able to get that that big hit. Um, so even with the Telez trade, like I said, I, I still think there's another bat that's out there needed. And I don't know where where you put them because you have Yelich, you have Avisel Garcia, you have Lorenzo Kane potentially coming back. You know, you got Colton Wong coming back off injury. You got Adamas. You got Arias who's hitting pretty solid now. 
Um, you know, catcher spots, obviously good. If you're going to make an upgrade somewhere, I think it still has to be at, at first base. I, I know you're, you're big on Keston here of making a comeback. I'm not as on board that train as you are. That kind of confuses me too. I don't know what the plan is with Telez and, and Keston right now. It's like, it's like council's giving them a tryout. It's almost like spring training. You're each going to get two at bats a game and well, we'll see what you can do in those two at bats. So I don't know what the plan is with those two, but I think first base is still, uh, or third base, I guess you could say, are two of the areas that I think you have to look at when you come to the trade deadline is somewhere where they can improve this team. Agreed. You got to look at it. Obviously, you're not going to want to leverage the future. The, the system is actually pretty sneaky deep. Um, after looking at some of these guys like Joe Gray and um, Corey Howell really kind of stepping up this year. Um, they're deep, in, but yet they're young. Um, so, I mean, they'll have pieces to move. Just never know what's going to get it done. Um, love to be on a, a fly in, in, in the room in some of those conversations. Even as a scout, I, I never really knew what was going on with those conversations. So, yeah, first base could be an upgrade. Vogelbach's coming back soon, obviously. Um, perhaps we'll see, you know, Keston optioned again. And same with Telez could be optioned if, if and when Vogelbach comes back. So, We'll see, you know, Stearns and Arnold, they're never short on the dramatic in terms of, um, you know, not dramatic, but they're never short on things to talk about, right? There'll, yeah. there'll be a ton of moves. There'll be a lot of action and we'll be here to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I said, I think it's going to be a very interesting trade deadline. They've already been a active. I mean, the Adamas trade in what, like the first month of the season. I mean, how big was that? Uh, so, I mean, getting to Les already to try to, to help out the first base situation. So uh, they're definitely going to be active. Um, curious to see what they do. Uh, but the offense, again, is just a, still the biggest weakness for this team going into the break. Um, hopefully they'll get some contribution contributions from Wong and Kane coming back and, and Yelich having a big second half. But I still think they probably need at least one more big bat before the trade deadline uh, to make this a real World Series contending team. Um, come back and talk about the draft two picks that the Brewers made on day one. Before we do that, let me remind you, this show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a fantastic tasting protein bar, then look no further. Built Bar has a ton of flavors and a wide variety of flavors at that. It's not just your normal chocolate, chocolate chip, fudge, or cookies and cream. They have a bunch of different flavors from almond toffee to mint. Have coconut flavors, peanut butter fudge, dark chocolate raspberry. There's a, a ton of really interesting, uh, cool flavors you don't normally get in protein bars. Something that's going to give you a unique taste. And they're not hard as a rock like a lot of the other protein bars out there. Have the soft middle, so it's very easy to chew, easy to get down. And they're tasty for you as well. Most of them only have about five net carbs, whether you like to have them before workout, after workout, or as a meal replacement in the morning, or if they're just a snack for you like they are for me. You can eat these anytime. Again, they're packed with protein. There aren't a lot of carbs involved, so it's a great treat for you to have. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Try a bunch of different flavors to figure out which ones are your favorites. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your next order. Again, just go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON15. So, Vinny, kind of saving this for last because the Brewers had another pick while we were talking, but certainly excited about the draft. Love the draft. Uh, and a big first day for the Brewers had two picks. 
Um, with their first pick, 15th overall pick, they take a Boston College outfielder, Sal Freilich. Uh, and he's actually somebody I've watched a lot, being a, a big college guy. I watch a lot of ACC, SEC um, baseball. So Freilich, somebody that I, was, I watched early in the year. Uh, he had a, a team, or he, he had the teammate Cody Morissette, who's also a big time draft pick, will probably go on day two. But Freilich was the one when I watched him. They, they actually played at Auburn. Um, near my hometown earlier in the year. And Freilich was unbelievable. I mean, he, uh, you know, he stood out very obviously in the games that I watched, just a, a plus hitter. Um, the question with him is going to be power. How much power uh, will he be able to contribute? But I have no questions about the hit tool. Um, hit 359 for Boston College this year. And again, the ACC, a very, uh, very good college baseball conference. A lot of good pitching in that conference. But he had, he had 359 with a 443 on base percentage, a 1002 OPS, uh, just ridiculous numbers. Uh, 28 strikeouts to 27 walks, stole 13 bags, um, had six home runs, which is decent. I mean, that's probably going to correlate to, you know, 15 home runs over. I mean, that's in 48 games. So, um, you know, I, I could see him being a 15 home run hitter. Um, but, uh, again, the hit tool is there, uh, the care, the, um, the character of this kid too. A lot of people talk about it are just off the charts. I mean, he's just, I played a lot of different sports in high school coming up, uh, just a real, you know, gamer type of, of player. Uh, so Vinny, I, I really love the pick. I love Sal Freilich. I think he could be a bat that moves quick. It seems like a very mature bat. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like a short, compact swing, strikes out less than he walks. So, I mean, though, you know, don't know much about him. Watched a little bit of video on him. Looks like, you know, athletic kid. Looks like a kid that maybe can stick in center field, which is a big, you know, big thing for me with outfielders. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a smart pick. Um, heard good things about him. Or that he's a ball player, a grinder, instincts, like all the things that you want in a young player that, you know, maybe doesn't have like necessarily like the upside to be like a franchise changing player, but there's a, a higher floor on these type of guys. And you get a bunch of these kind of guys and all of a sudden you have long-term sustainable success. And this is the recipe that you see from the, the Dodgers. This is the recipe that you're seeing from the Giants. This is the recipe that you're seeing from the Rays. You just get a bunch of instinctual ball players. You tweak them up a little bit, tweak the swings, teach them how to cheat on heaters at from time to time. And, and all of a sudden you got a, a whole system full of guys like this. And then you, you sustain, you know, top of your division type of, uh, you just have a pipeline at that point. And that's, um, that's what it seems like this kid is. So, um, with a with a legit bat so excited to watch him get out there and start start his professional career yeah and you touch on something there i think is is big that i wanted to mention here i i don't know that he's an all-star level player um but i think he's gonna i think he's a safe bet to be a a good major league player um and i know a lot of fans probably don't want to hear that with a 15th overall pick but this was also a very shallow draft especially when it came to college bats um, so, I mean, to get somebody like Freilich, who, like you said, I think has a very low floor or, or high floor, I should say, uh, I think he's a pretty safe bet to be a major league player for, for several years. So I think to get that with your 15th overall pick is, is pretty solid, um, you know, a pretty solid pick there. So 
Um, you know, I don't want to give too many high expectations here because I don't, I don't know that Frey looks exactly an all-star caliber, caliber player. Um, again, unless he, he kind of matures with the power a little bit, which I'm sure the Brewers are hoping. Um, but I do think he'll be a very solid uh, player for a good while in the big leagues. The other pick that the Brewers had on uh, Sunday night was Tyler Black out of Wright State, infielder out of Wright State, uh, somebody that I, I watched a good bit as well. Again, he's really you know, kind of similar type to uh, Freilich, but with a little bit more power, uh, just a really, really good hit tool, hit 383 this past year, uh, 496 on base, 683 slugging, 1179 OPS, uh, 39 walks and 25 strikeouts, 11 stolen bases, 13 home runs. Uh, so again, he gives you a little bit more of the power there. Most likely figures to be a right side of the infield, second base. I could potentially see him moving to first base, but um, you know, kind of gives you a little bit of everything with the speed and the power. Good hit tool, obviously. Wright State, not in a you know premier conference uh, like the ACC with Freilich, but still uh, really good college hitter, really good hit tool. Um, again, the college bats were not great in this draft. Everybody talked about that was the worst group in this draft. Uh, but I think that kind of benefited the Brewers a little bit here because with that feeling, I think a lot of these bats kind of fell. Uh, and the Brewers took advantage of them and got some uh, really solid uh, college bats in this draft, Benny. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, round out their top 10 picks. Um, but yeah, I mean, that I just, again, saw a little bit of video. Looks like they, that kid has some, you know, explosive hands, some ability to, to drive the baseball. Obviously, they, you know, they're, it's more of a model-based draft for a lot of these teams. Looks like that both these kids fit into the model quite nicely in terms of, you know, age, strikeout to walks, and then obviously uh, overall numbers, freshman, sophomore, and then junior year as well. So smaller conference player, but Wright State's a, a really good program mm -hmm. in the Horizon League. And, um, you know, we see we see a guy like uh, uh, Dalton Varsho come out of the Horizon League as well. Um, sometimes if there's a talent in one of those smaller leagues, they, they seem to pan out just because there's a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. There's a little bit of a under the radar type feel to some of these guys. These kids are ball players, and that's certainly what this kid looks like. So it looks like a couple of nice picks for uh, for the Brewers here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, college bats and, and college arms are typically the most predictable, obviously coming in, into the draft. So I think these are two very safe picks for the Brewers. I think both these guys have the ability to move pretty quickly and have very solid major league careers. So certainly what you want out of your first two picks in the draft. So excited for these uh, two guys, Freilich and Black. Can't wait to see what they do in the Brewers system. Uh, then Vinny, finally, before we get out of here, home run derby picks. Who you got winning it? I got uh, Joey Gallo. Yeah, Gallo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go with, with the Showtime then. Uh, Shohei Otani, man, he's been unbelievably yeah. hot uh, lately. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's going to be a fun home run derby there in Coors. So uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll be watching it as we uh, record on uh, Monday night. But that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Brewers. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers. Follow me at Shortstop Ball and Benny at Vinny Rotino. Also, make sure that you please subscribe to the Lockdown Brewers podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.